0: Just staring from across the room. You have gotta your stuff, and I'll show you just what to do now. You gotta dance, gotta make your advance, you gotta show you've got the guts. I got a move that'll make
1: them smooth, and it's called the two-step strut. Now dance with me. Coming soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast where two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Nolan. I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, Madison Jones. I tried to go for a bit, but I I failed. Madison Jones, are you in good form?
0: There's been construction going on outside my window all week. I could have sworn, though, that they had just fixed the same corner last week. Makes me wonder if city planners are perfectionist or if there's some underlying plot that to always wake me up at 734 a.m. every day with a jackhammer. Who knows? Maybe I cut him off the other day or grabbed his coffee at Starbucks by mistake. This is why I try to be nice and apologetic to everyone I meet, even if I didn't do anything wrong. Makes me less, uh, makes less enemies who make. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I make less enemies who may be highly powerful officials that way. Please edit me directly.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. You know, there's actually a um, garbage truck that just hits ad- the gas station. Don't the, sma- the smell every of morning. No, smoke. I'm going to continue my okay. story, though.
0: Don't you just adore the smell of cigarette smoke? I know it's bad for you and everything, but I find it nostalgic somewhat to the days before smoking in bars and restaurants was illegal. There's an old man who's who smokes what I believe is the same brand my dad did that lives below me. If any other tenant lived above him, they would probably complain to the landlord or leave a passive-aggressive note under his door. Not me, though. That stench brings me back uh, to uh, long drives with my dad. It's like we were made to live above and below one another by happenstance. Do you think fate works in such weird ways? I do. Yes. I was walking down the sidewalk the other day... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when this van drives by with the words "Willie Knobs Brass and Copper Cleaning Service" written on the side, mm-hmm. and can't help but wonder if Willie knows the absurdity of his name, or if he's in on uh, in and aware, uh, or if he's in and aware of the joke. Either way, I want to meet Willie. Listen to him tell tales of shining the doorknobs of the ambassadors to Spain, or maybe even Lubega's trumpet. Damn. Think of the worlds and rooms Willie Knob might have entered. No. (laughs) I don't have any more. Don't don't you like that? Okay. That, like, really... Don't you just love referential observations that have nothing to do with one another? The real David Sedaris shit.
1: Oh, man. Love me some David Sedaris. Absolutely. Just, man on the street, eye in the sky.
0: So, I... Did you find it as funny as I did that they were just, like, spouting, like, weird observations about New York back to each other and, like, Starbucks? Like...
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't really... I was more just, like, still thinking about how I wish the whole movie had been CGI animated, like, the opening of the movie. Like, I wanted the whole movie in that aesthetic, because that looked rad as hell. Yeah,
0: I mean, I've talked about it before on the Twitter threads, and I mentioned it there, but, like, very long, elaborate opening theme like, for the credits to roll and everything are is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of, like, one, like, a Catch Me If You Can. Like, if you ever seen that movie that has mm-hmm. one? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Casino has one with a car exploding, like, in different ways and, like, his body, like, flying. Like, you know, like, it's... It's rad mm-hmm. as hell. I love that. But yeah. we're doing You Got Mail. You've got mail. You've got mail. You've got mail. You've got voicemail. Yeah. The uh, 1998... Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan movie that reminds you that, oh, hey, adults were on the internet, too,
1: in the late 90s. God, I... What a wild movie this was. I
0: mean, wild in a very, like, tame way. I I mean, like, yeah, sure.
1: I... Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, like, you know, fucking... It wasn't wild like Invisible Dad no. or fucking Vampire's Assistant. It was wild in that it's a movie in which they spend half of the movie building up that Tom Hanks is ruining this woman's life by shutting down her family's bookstore and then immediately stop talking about it so that you'll be okay with them falling in
0: love. Yeah, life. I mean, this movie leads up to a moment where leads up to this sort of like Weird supposed to be cute love story where he's basically gaslighting her for the last four, fourth of the movie, and like being super manipulative, <laughs> trying to develop this relationship. It's also like supposed to be some sort of sympathetic movie about like, oh hey, maybe uh, may maybe we can uh, uh warm uh cool the hearts of uh, of big business uh, moguls and stuff, and have them actually care about people. While still letting them destroy everything we have.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing that like there is a there is a moment in the movie where they very clearly just broadcast, hey, uh forget all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he he runs her out of business mercilessly, and then there's like, anyway, it's cute yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Now they have no reason to be enemies. Yeah.
0: Well, it's also like it, like they did this weird thing where i feel they like abandoned a plot of like her sort of like pushing back against him when the shop was still open like she was mm-hmm. like on the news kind of sort of bad-mouthing him and he seemed to care about it like mm-hmm. it like mattered to him like it was actually gonna affect his business and like him as a person but it they kind of just mm-hmm. were like well that didn't work so bye we're gonna
1: yeah. It does kind of feel like this movie was written and then about while shooting it, they realized maybe it didn't work as well as they thought. So they were just bringing out new pages Mm -hmm. every day because there is just this weird disconnect between the halves of the movie to some extent. I mean,
0: and it's also like I I mean, I get the characters because through most of the movie, they are partnered mm -hmm. with other people that like compliment them well and make a lot of sense like to them Mm -hmm. who they generally seem to jive with and like have like an adult relationship with and then they break them up with both of them (laughs) and like it's just like that those that those relationships as like maybe having problems as they were were a little more realistic and sustainable than this like weird parasocial like sort of like manipulative relationship that the rest of that tom hanks and Meg Ryan's like whole thing was based off of
1: it kind of read to me like their partners seemed like this part of themselves that they needed to like move away from like parker posey's character was like very kind of vapid and self-interested and that's when tom hanks realizes that he doesn't want to be with her anymore. The <laughs> that seemed like him let me sure, finish sure, my sure. thought at least that seems like him kind of realizing, like, oh, that's not how I want to live my life anymore. And, like, with Greg Kinnear's character, like, this intellectual... um Neoliberal. I, I guess, like, a yeah. reporter. Yeah, New York liberal kind of thing. Like, not her moving away from being a liberal, but more of just, like, being more grounded, maybe. I'm not sure. That one, it falls a little bit apart there because they were just kind of delightful. Yeah. But it just felt like me, especially with Parker Posey, that was Joe Fox realizing, like, oh, maybe... I- I am a shit yeah
0: yeah well what I love about that and sorry I didn't mean to uh, interrupt you before but like yeah, no, you're um, fine. what I loved about that scene was that the movie really hit it, the nail on the head where she that she actually says it's like you're being really like self-centered and egotistical and and um, ruthless <laughs> right now who do you remind me of oh yeah me like that's like an actual like thing that parker posey says in the movie (laughs) like it's just like okay i mean we got it movie we didn't need to like spell it out that much
1: i love her character at the beginning she's running through a list of people who quit over and like whatever and murray died which means i don't have to talk to him anymore it's it's the last person i have to talk to or something i'll put the clip in because it's such Uh a great line delivered it just like a clip random house fire dick atkins good riddance Murray Chilton died, which makes one less person I'm not speaking to.
0: There's a lot of good one-liners in this movie. Like, um, Mm -hmm. probably one of my favorites was in the shop around the corner with, um, Mm -hmm. I am spacing on her name, but it's the woman who was Edith Bunker and all all in the family. She was like the accountant sort of manager of the shop or whatever. Right. And they're talking about cyber sex and like having cyber sex. And then she's just like, I tried to cyber sex with someone once but I couldn't get the page to load <laughs> like
1: something like it's also the fact that she just basically in all but name drops the fact that she had a relationship with I think general Francisco yeah, Franco yeah, yeah. like the dictator of Spain
0: that was a really good like joke that they set up like right after because Great Kinnear's like they're like going to the movies or something and they're writing up the escalator and like Great Kinnear comes he's like it has to be him it would the times line up he he she was with that guy there's a lot of good comedy in this movie i think or Mm -hmm. one-liners and stuff and like i think it's generally funny um it gets really gross towards the end just with like what joe fox is doing to her and what they're trying to make as like a cute relationship when it's actually kind of like really manipulative everything before that pretty good (laughs) i think
1: i mean it's it's the groundhog day kind of problem of using like learning something about a person that they don't know you know and then using it against them to get what you want from them yeah yeah i will say watching this i didn't have at the time i didn't have as big a problem with that only because it's like uh, again spoilers for the good place there's a bit where um chidi's in that mri machine Mm -hmm. and eleanor is like i'm just gonna ask you some basic questions chidi uh what is one plus one two what color is the sky blue what color are simone's eyes
0: brown uh uh what
1: If you could take Simone anywhere on a date, where would you take her?
0: Sorry, is this part of the experiment? It is now, yes, please answer the question. And keep in mind we can see your brain.
1: Next question, you are into Simone.
0: That's not a question. So you agree, it's a fact. Next question's for Simone. Simone, are you annoyed at Chidi for waiting so long to
1: ask you out? Yes, I am.
0: Chedy, same question for you. Are you
1: annoyed at yourself for waiting so long to ask out Simone? I mean, I'm annoyed with you and I've only known you three weeks. Yes,
0: I am obviously very annoyed with myself. Can I get out now?
1: No, you can't, it'll ruin the science. There's only one question left and you gotta ask it, bud.
0: Simone, would you like to have dinner with me?
1: Wow, that is highly inappropriate. Uh, I'm just kidding. Yes, I would.
0: Thank you for asking.
1: Like, we can see your brain, whatever. And somebody said it best where in real life, that is monstrous. In a TV show, it's kind of like romantic and cute. And I'm not saying that this movie is romantic. This was the kind of thing he's doing is absolutely unforgivable. For like a romantic comedy like this, I was kind of like, it's kind of cute but like not in the like in the real world it is awful it's... in the, the the span of like i'm watching a rom-com i was a little bit less like harsh on it but you're right i mean you're, i'm not oh, saying no, no, you're no. wrong i
0: like, mean it's also softened that it's tom hanks doing it like the yeah. the america's, america's dad. dad
1: and america's dad can't <laughs> yeah. be wrong yeah yeah
0: he can't do he can't say fat phobic stuff like in the towards the end of the movie and like yeah. and people call him out on it <laughs> yeah granted it's not all Tom Hanks. It's the writing and the 90s. But um,
1: Let's also talk about the fact that fucking Dave Chappelle oh, yeah. is in this movie. I forgot
0: that that was hit. Like, I actually, because um, I've seen this movie in the past. Like, this is one another one of those movies mm-hmm. that um, my mom watched on, like, TNT or something, like a lot when i was a kid like when mm-hmm. it was on because it's 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 made its rounds around all the different stations like 10 times over at this point mm-hmm. but i never really put that together that was him in this movie i knew he had a friend who had that mm-hmm. scene where he's like oh yeah it's a uh, whatever meg rain's character's name is like during that scene when they mm-hmm. kathleen <laughs> kelly kathleen kelly yeah but yeah yeah he's he's also in this movie wasn't there someone else too steve zahn steve I mean. zahn steve zahn was in this movie playing like
1: the actor who has been bred in a lab to be your favorite character in a movie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well when, when we get to that thing you do, we'll talk more about Steve Zahn being grown in a lab, but like it's just everything he does makes is like just make he's your favorite character. Like there's the whole bit where me and Meg Reiner talking or, or Tom Hanks and Meg Reiner are talking about books and fish or whatever, and he's just like continuously interrupting to try to ring up these purchases. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to do my fucking job, man. I,
0: I'd like to like Look into the um, The writing process of writing The characters for this movie um, because Mm -hmm. I feel like at least to me those characters seem super developed and lived in and it's like kind of like i feel like steve zahn's character has like more of a story and a backstory than we see in the film right well this
1: will get we'll get back to this on my idea okay i mean it's the idea we pitched at the end of the last episode which is yeah 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 go ahead um yeah that we make the the snyder cut (laughs) version oh my god that was my
0: idea too i'm glad we i'm glad we synced up i'm glad we synced up well um
1: before we can get to the four hour snyder cut of mm -hmm. Uh, you've got mail. I uh, logged on to the old AOL.com and plucked a few juicy e tomatoes. That's right, gang. We're back for Daddy's Tomatoes. <laughs> got now madison i promise you this time these are actually reviews of the movie they are not reviews of theaters
0: okay you promise you're promising right now
1: george m gave this five stars five bags a dial-up connection some books and some asshole significant others that i got left by meg ryan and hanks the next line is a very uh uncool description of meg ryan's appearance And Hanks was suspected of being a member of the deep state. They made this romantic comedy that strangely resonates today. These people meet in a chat room and long to have a real relationship while secretly know each other IRL without knowing each other's real identities or something like that. What is it about talking online that doesn't necessarily translate to in-person communication? i don't know you should seriously ask the women i've tried to communicate with online and then totally failed i wasn't trying to be pen pals i was wanting to meet them in person like in this movie then it never goes anywhere unlike the movies it never matters or amounts to anything and i wind up feeling like i might as well be looking for love in a fucking graveyard jesus christ this person dave Chappelle is in this movie one too (laughs) Dave Chappelle is in this one too. So that's like eight extra bags alone in review. This person is probably still alone. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
0: just just newsflash to all uh, all men on the internet. Nobody owes you anything. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> just step away from the keyboard. Go watch your fucking Game of Thrones bullshit that you have strong opinions about as well and then leave just just leave the internet alone.
1: Well, Naomi G. Didn't leave the internet alone. She gave this two stars. I wasn't even born during the AOL internet heyday, but apparently the title of this film comes from sound comes from sound made by the computers of AOL internet users when they receive an email. Emails are very important in this tale of long-distance love. Mm-hmm. This movie would have been much better with someone other than Tom Hanks, though I seem to be in the minority of that opinion, because apparently this movie helped propel Hanks' career to new heights. I don't know why Hanks seems miscast, and you've got mail. I've liked some of the other films Hanks has been in. I can't place my finger on why he doesn't work in this film. I mean, it's probably because he's a literal asshole. Like, and I don't think he
0: is a literal asshole in other movies that I can think of, at least. I do think, like, this movie is in, like, a window of time, like, towards the later 90s that it, like can't help but date itself right you know like like i know that you got Um, mail thing but i don't think i ever actually experienced that as myself right like did you were you on messengers or anything or i use like
1: aim aol instant messenger but not like uh like aol email or whatever mm -hmm. um but that kind of stuff and like anything pre-smartphones really can't help but feel dated just because smartphones by and large don't change like they get faster or smaller or whatever but like they're generally the same look in technology everything before that changed so rapidly and like variably that anything before smartphones just feels dated
0: yeah like basically technology has caught up to itself like there's no like Mm -hmm. like what is the future it's kind of just like well how can we adapt this same technology into other things i'm i'm convinced that in 10 years we're going to have a google fridge or something like that
1: i think they kind of exist already yeah yeah there good. are smart fridges mm-hmm. i just got real sad all of a sudden we may <laughs> cut these tomatoes they've just been real <laughs> bummers they seemed like they'd be really fun around, like jumping points but man now i'm just really bummed out
0: no let me leave in me calling out all men on the internet please <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i'll cut the tomato review i'll just leave in the part where you call out all men on the internet Anyway, those are the tomatoes I have for this week. So, unless you have any bits.
0: Speaking of bits, I have a fresh
1: new one for you today. Ooh, hot out of the oven. Yes. It's a hot, moist bit.
0: Get ready, strap yourself in Ooh. for everybody's favorite game show within a in a podcast. Everyone's new favorite game show within a <laughs> podcast called More Like This. Okay. So the concept of this show is that, um, you know how when you watch something on Netflix uh, or Hulu or anything Mm -hmm. after the movie, it shows you like a thing of like, you want to watch this next? And like based on like what you just watched. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I picked three movies. um, uh, Well, I picked two movies that were suggested in that Mm -hmm. that were sort of like ambiguous not like really on the on the uh on like in the zeitgeist kind of sure and then i i took the name of them the person that they're starring and then like a brief synopsis or a brief like tagline or like little description that they have Mm -hmm. and then i also made one up
1: okay and i have to figure out which one you made up you have
0: to figure out which one i made up okay this is inspired by um it's a christmas to me on sawbones if you (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, or actually on on my brother my brother and me that just macabro does except it's like mm-hmm. for all movies not just christmas movies um,
1: Excellent. what's the prize that's all i care about. um
0: the prize because i'm gonna win it to be determined mm-hmm. you can um what do you want like <laughs> you get a wish
1: okay cool excellent
0: <laughs> you get a wish no all, uh, no further questions <laughs> yeah you just get a wish so these so dangerous are there three french kiss 1998 starring meg ryan a woman flies to france to confront her strained uh strained fiance but gets into trouble when the charming crook seated next to her uses her for smuggling Hmm. love.com 2000 starring uma thurman bank manager Shelley had no luck with love until she started online dating problem is her profile is nothing like her at all second problem is that she just matched with her soulmate can she keep up the act when she has to meet in person? Mm-hmm. Simply Irresistible, 1999, starring Sarah Michelle Gellar. After her mother's death, mediocre chef Amanda is having trouble attracting customers to her family's restaurant. While shopping for ingredients, she is given a magical crab by a mysterious man. Afterwards, okay. Amanda's dishes suddenly become excellent. Inducing strong emotional reactions to everyone who eats the food.
1: The one you made up is the first one.
0: You are lucky in French Kiss 1998 starring Meg Ryan with The Smuggling. Uh, that's
1: correct. I'm pretty sure i've heard of love.com and i've definitely heard of the sarah michelle gellar magic crab movie
0: I'm, sorry mike you have uh, you have uh lost this first game Mm -hmm. of more like this Uh hosted by madison Mm -hmm. jones the show within a show the game show
1: within a podcast the game the
0: game show within a podcast Yes, so no wish for you tonight. Uh, the made up one that I completely made up whole cloth was love.com from two thousand okay. starring uh Thurman.
1: I, uh, I I really thought I'd heard of that movie before, but I had definitely heard of I I've not seen it, but I know of the Sarah Michelle Geller Magic Crab movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. I thought that was uh. that was the weird one that I was like, okay, mm-hmm. sure. I thought that was the one that you were gonna be like, oh, Madison's intentionally making up a ridiculous concept.
1: <laughs> Until you got to the magic crab like we started laughing and i thought okay this is a bit madison invented that they just can't they they think it's too funny and can't not laugh at and then you (laughs) said magic crab it's like oh wait no this movie does exist so never mind (laughs) all right speaking of movies that do exist yes let's get to it let me get our timer started as we get get to you got mail colon the snyder cut
0: yeah well i think for this um it should be called the effron cut right because Nora Ephron, um... we could
1: we can look at that. I think that for name, well, let's we'll talk about the title sure. later. Let's we have fifteen minutes. Our time has started to get down what we're gonna do for the movie. We can decide the title at the end. Cool. So, I um,
0: even though I find this idea very funny and we're absolutely mm-hmm. doing it, I'm not exactly sure. Like, I I just know the internet like. Culture around the Snyder cut I don't really Understand what the Snyder cut Is and why it matters so Much to so many people and I know it's like in your realm or like I know I don't think you're like a Snyder cut like Like
1: I'm gonna pause the the, Just while I briefly like run through the history of the Snyder cut with you and then I'll start our time again Zack Snyder was going to direct Justice League. At some point during filming, he had a family emergency and had to leave production. So they brought in Joss Whedon, who finished the movie, did some reshoots, whatever, and made basically his version. A la Superman Two. way back when when Richard Donner was fired. Um, A number of years later, the comics creator, Jeff Johns, got the rights basically in a way that Richard Donner got to put together a cut of Superman two with the footage he shot that wasn't used, the footage he shot that was used. And then the footage that was shot after he was fired. So he would get to put together kind of his vision. So the idea of the Snyder cut became less similar thing. What would Zack Snyder have done if he had been able to do the movie himself? Okay. What Warner brothers then signed off on was, yeah, just go reshoot stuff if you want, like do whatever. So they did extensive reshoots. It is now a 4-hour long film. Oh my god. 4 minutes of which is from the reshoots. The rest is I think CGI. Oh. And like shit. like visual whatever. It is buck wild it has ballooned out into this entire new production instead of just Zack Snyder recutting stuff he reshot basically a whole new movie is only using about four minutes of what he reshot and then is adding in just a huge amount of CGI I think there's like four new characters like Martian Manhunter's in the movie now Darkseid's kind of in the movie now like there is new characters there's i think some new plot was this whole thing that he has just woven into this entirely new four hour long movie that is dropping as you're listening to this friday
0: okay so i i'm going to start our timer yeah yeah yeah. so it is the same movie with other things like so so the yes. the, the 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 parts of the first the first cut or whatever the didn't cut or whatever
1: it is unclear how much of the Whedon cut is being used or how much, like, if he's cutting scenes out from here and there and, like, reshuffling them. It's not really clear how much of the original film will be like it okay. was and how much is being changed. Again, I, I know that sounds weird. I'm using the phrase, or i quoting the phrase, a requel okay, because it's yeah, the same movie sure. but kind of done it, it very differently.
0: I am convinced, um, this is one of my pieces of evidence, that we are nearing the end of the world. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> the fact that something like this can happen it seems like someone can see the clock ticking down and it's like okay yeah sure we'll allow this to happen because you know fuck it we'll be dead in like 10 minutes um (laughs) um okay I got it.
1: I will say I am unironically very excited oh. for the Snyder Cut because it is going to be an enormous mess of extremely hot garbage and I cannot fucking I am leave.
0: now going to go watch the Whedon Cut and then I'm going to watch the Snyder Cut for I sure.
1: like the Whedon Cut. It is not good, but it's kind of, it's fun. I, it makes sense to me as a Justice League film, even though it's not very good. Sure. I don't know. We're, we're yeah. spending our time here talking about that. Um, So one thing we can do is flesh out like Steve Zahn, Parker Posey, Greg mm-hmm. Kinnear. We can give them stuff to do um we can get into some cgi if we want yeah yeah (laughs) i
0: mean um since this is being released let's see 23 years later right um something like that um i don't believe the woman um who played uh, uh edith bunker is alive anymore i don't believe so
1: oh i see so we're going i thought we were just gonna this was gonna be the idea was we were remaking this at the time like, how we've done, like, we did Small Soldiers 2, and I said, like, oh, yeah, my sequel takes place, like, or whatever, we've done sequels that take place, like, immediately after in time. Like, I, we don't have to make it a modern day yeah, well, remake, unless would, your idea really demands it, which i I'm
0: fine I, I don't think, like, I don't really have any idea besides, like, I think we kind of align with the idea here of, like, we are going to flesh out all the other characters and, like, give them, like... Arching stories and everything mm-hmm. it, it could be either or it doesn't matter to me I think
1: Phil I think in our fiction It's like two years later sure The whatever cut we're gonna call it Effort cut or the Snyder cut of uh, yeah. this movie came Out so those characters those people are still roughly The same age okay and can be used Then for this movie <laughs> okay so what character So it's going to be the same
0: movie We're not going to add I don't think we should add anything Really to the Meg Ryan Tom Hanks story We should no, add
1: I think we barely touched the Meg Ryan yeah. and
0: Tom Hanks story yeah.
1: I think the dog Brinkley needs some adventures Yeah 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 yeah. I think the the girl who works at the store Who was talking about cyber sex or whatever Like the younger 20 mm-hmm. um, something whatever grad student I think she would make More some than... interesting stories Steve Zahn maybe Maybe Tom Hanks' weird perv grandpa
0: Yeah yeah what if um okay so what do we think uh just going off of their stories and what they like establish in the movie well let's choose the three do we want to do the bookstore family that's kind of who we're like like kind of going into their backstories like
1: sure do we want to touch the on the other partners like parker posey or greg kinnear at all is is there any does that interest you at all i think parker posey
0: might interest me um i feel like greg kinnear is like is kind of like pretty fulfilled or like i i mean yeah
1: but that's not the point of the snyder yeah, cut
0: yeah 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 okay i mean we can add a
1: few extra scenes um, i'm not saying we have to i just mean you this whole show is kind of based off of the premise of ignoring <laughs> what what story sure. marks feel fulfilled <laughs> sure sure
0: sure sure okay so um we'll try to touch on everybody we'll try to within yeah, a we've given four time. hours yeah we got four hours i guess so um <laughs> let's start with steve zahn like i yeah, think things cool. like okay so he seemed to be this sort of like um 20 something sort of like college student kind of guy right like who mm-hmm. was very um anti internet kind of thing right that just yes. like mm-hmm. so maybe he lives in um maybe I, and it also sounds like he has like he mentioned something about like having like six rooms or something for like foreign Yeah two, uh,
1: in a rent controlled apartment
0: Yeah like so it sounds like maybe he lives in some sort of like artist like like bubble or something or like um sort of creative space that's kind of what that sounds like to me so i think maybe we see him and um him explore that angle of like Mm -hmm. his life outside of the shop and he is maybe a really um sort of avant-garde maybe like theater creator or something or artist of some maybe performer (laughs) artist of some kind where he does some like weird shit with like fruit and paint or like or something like that um and then he comes and works a part-time job at at a bookstore on his days off i have
1: an idea okay That we can use all of that with as well there is another character they establish briefly In this movie, the rooftop killer.
0: Oh my God. Yes, because it's so connected to him because he's the one who holds the paper and points it out. Yes, okay. So
1: Steve Zahn's character, we we follow the performance piece, arts, whatever. He ends up tangling with the rooftop killer who I guess escapes custody (laughs) because the article said they catch the rooftop killer.
0: (laughs) I thought it was going to be that he is the rooftop killer and he mentioned that in the story because he wanted to like put diversion off of
1: himself oh (laughs) okay i'm fine with that too i'm fine with that too yeah okay yeah steve zahn is the rooftop killer hashtag
0: yeah what if it's kind of like let's marry it because like what if it's like he has these sort of elaborate artist like pieces and stuff that are actually super dangerous and he gets like Uh, he kind of commissions people to like partake in them and he accidentally kills them accidentally on rooftops yeah yeah but there's never any like audience for them because they're like bullshit like you know like uh or they're like very uh niche kind of things that are supposed to like be like like photography or something like that but everyone always ends up dying
1: (laughs) Um, i mean yeah i think it's a lot of like precarious like metal sculptures that fall over on people yeah. or stab people accidentally or something like that. Yeah. Let's let's pin the rooftop character because we have that. We have seven minutes left. Let's at least get down what we want to do with some other people, and okay. then we can flesh out individuals from there. Okay. So we have the younger girl at the bookstore who works there. We have Parker Posey. We could do Brinkley the dog. I think that could be kind of funny. That'd be fun. Uh, for the dog to have like a little bit of an adventure. Mm-hmm. That would give us four in total. If there was was there another person that you were like really interested in. Uh, not really, unless movie, we wanted like to do something Dave with Chappelle the, or, or
0: like with the kids or something. I don't know if like there's um... uh,
1: Nanny Marine. Yeah, Nanny Marine. Um, that'd be really funny. There's like a whole backstory of Nanny Marine. Well, I mean, because that's what Dabney Coleman, who plays Tom Hanks' dad, his story is he's going to marry this lady mm-hmm. who spends the whole movie trying to fuck Tom Hanks and at the end runs away with the nanny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that'd be good
0: like and that kind of leads us to maybe there are deleted scenes with them or something or like there's non-content with them uh let's do brinkley the dog next like let's say like what okay. is his uh adventure um so it seems like tom hanks never loses him or anything but he does seem to like no. be kind of like a free roaming dog so to kind of add to like the the city character
1: of new york we could have him like interact with like different people or something um We could also tie him and Parker Posey together in a story, Mm. because he seems like he's an inside dog. So, I mean, we can get around that very easily, uh, how he gets out. But it would also make sense to have Brinkley and Parker Posey's characters Mm -hmm. together, since she lives there as well. Okay. I also like the idea of Brinkley being a kind of the character of New York City. Like, he goes out and... Sees the world or whatever I don't know saves a bodega From bankruptcy somehow
0: we could do both So maybe he gets out and like Parker Posey's character was supposed to be take care Taking care of him um while Um a Joe Was like out at like one of the events that He goes to in the movie or Mm -hmm. like at the store Or whatever um Mm -hmm. And when that happens, we see like little glimpses of New York and stuff. Like, like we see him like in our bodega, and like she goes in there, and like she's this like very fancy kind of like rich woman in this like sort of like street bodega, like right. And so mm-hmm. she's like out of her element. And yeah, so do we want to like develop that later and then move on? To, like, yeah,
1: maybe because I think we also need to try to tie all of these back into the actual main plot of the film sure. in a way. Like because otherwise it's like uh, the Snyder Cut is just. A bloated version of the Justice League movie It's like we still need to include this To the main plot And they can have like minor B plots or whatever But somehow it all has to kind of tie back So let's go on to um, the lady from the bookstore The the younger woman woman. And Uh, then at that point we've cracked our four it's like, or three side stories, we can start to kind of weave them in. Yeah. She's talking about studying. She's working a part time job here. I don't remember if she said what she was going to school for. I don't think so either. Um. Um, she's worried about the store closing because she, she would have to get another part
0: time job. So maybe, um, It could be kind of, like, sad, but, like, just, oh, well, like, I have experience working at a bookstore. There's this other bookstore that just opened up. I'm kind of leading this secret life working over at the Fox bookstore, too, Mm. while trying to, like, hide, like, that she's also working at the shop around the corner, right? What
1: if... I mean, we could again tie her in with like she could be somehow get pulled into trying to find out who the rooftop killer is. That'd be interesting, yeah. And then she could, she and Steve Zahn could kind of have a cat and mouse game going on during that's good. The plot of you've got me. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I think that's pretty good because like maybe she's going to school for like law. Or something or like like mm-hmm. like like criminal law or like some sort of like investigative criminology I mean, criminology yeah. or something like that so like i like that that the rooftop killer like angle is kind of like our like our our burning point for like this other side stories <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> where i think that inspires her to be like oh what if my friend's like lover or like para lover is the rooftop killer i need to find that out
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yes, she starts investigating the whatever New York 152 yeah. guy online because she thinks he might be the rooftop killer.
0: And maybe she's also writing her thesis or something and she's doing it on that too. Like, we could. Do That's that. really good.
1: Yeah. That's really good.
0: Yeah. So, she's investigating the rooftop killer. She's going to the crime scenes and stuff. Like, maybe she has a relationship with a cop or something that, like, she gets in, mm-hmm. or maybe she. She just, like, kind of breaks into the crime scenes after no one's there. Sure. and Like, looks for evidence or something like that.
1: I like that. God. Okay, that's our time. Okay. So, we now... Let's go ahead and start weaving them in. And, like, we can kind of touch on maybe where in the movie they happen. But I also think that, like, mm-hmm. by and large, we kind of just acknowledge that these get shoved in to the plot of You've Got Mail. These scenes that we're inventing elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, but we don't really have to go through the whole thing one by one. So, let's work with... Um, starting to weave them together, how do we play with the fact that the young uh, the person who works at the bookstore... Let me find her name real quick, because I'm tired of saying the yeah. person who works at the bookstore. It was the woman who played Cheryl
0: in Miss Congeniality. I know that.
1: Christina is the name of the character. So how do we start to kind of fuck around with Christina hunting down the rooftop killer, trying to prove that it is New York 152, but basically hunting down Steve Zahn's character? And how do we play with the fact that he's like... Now he knows she's looking for the rooftop killer.
0: Yeah. So I think like she, maybe she goes to like one of her professors at first, like, mm-hmm. and she's just like, I may have like hit on something. Like, what do you think about this? And, and it's just like, well, there's not a lot of evidence, like, or anything like that. Like you're really, maybe like just stay in your lane kit or something like that. And that kind of like inspires her to write her paper on. Um, maybe he inspires her. It's like, but if this really interests you, maybe write a paper on it and like the study of like the different crime scenes and stuff and Mm -hmm. so maybe that encourages her to go to the first one so steve zahn what is his like first thing that fails like magnificently and someone dies
1: uh let's do we'll call it like um immediately i'm thinking of like a sword and that makes me think of like the sword of damocles that's hanging sure. like by a frayed rope over your head so it's like the sword of new york or something so it's like a subway sign or it's some kind of like yeah weird like rebar or whatever hanging by this rope and it's finally it snaps and goes through the person it's a
0: yield sign but it's put upside down so just say yield yeah. like stop or like slow down or whatever mm-hmm. um it's supposed to be like a, a metaphor for
1: New York's moving
0: too fast or something and then like yes. someone like like reaching up and like being like almost like impaled by it but then it actually falls and actually impales them
1: it's a guillotine there we go uh, uh the side is a gu- <laughs>
0: man hey should we make art we should make art are we Banksy <laughs> we might be Banksy <laughs> you would tell me if you were Banksy right <laughs>
1: anyway uh yeah it's a the rope actually frays and snaps or whatever and the person actually is killed yeah so What's like a clue that Christina can find? Mm. And I think, I think here's how we tie the whole thing together. She doesn't realize that Steve's on. Her findings lead her to think it's Parker Posey's character
0: oh interesting okay
1: um or because like the idea is she finds out like the apartment's 152 like meg ryan makes a joke about that yeah uh it's his apartment number she finds it out and so she goes there to take it out and she sees parker posey and she's like oh my god it's gotta be her
0: that fits well because i think eventually steve's on like when he's like has like the the brain blast moment of like i'm gonna try to pin it on meg ryan's mm-hmm. like paramour or whatever <laughs> um he's like oh well his screen name is ny152 right so like i'm gonna start leaving things like like uh like an apartment like card or something or like a something yeah. there
1: so he just starts leaving like things branded with the number 152 mm-hmm. on the roofs yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah, so I think she does that. I think maybe... I think we do need to come up with another, like, art thing.
1: Maybe it's just, yeah, like, a uh-huh.
0: the world or something. Maybe it's, like, a globe and then, like...
1: This is a reflection on how he feels that his last art piece killed somebody accidentally and the guilt of that. So, like, I don't know. Maybe the person's, like, holding a picture frame but and there's, like, guns pointing at their head inside the picture yeah. frame. Okay. They idea of, like, art is murder... And then like I mean, why would he use loaded guns? But I mean, I'm trying sure. to think. Like, where do we go for that? How does that accidentally kill somebody? Like, I mean obviously the guns go off, but like, what's the justification for the loaded guns?
0: Um, maybe he like he gets a bunch of them and he's told that they all have blanks in them or something like that, but one of sure. them just doesn't. And or maybe it's like oh they're just pellet guns or something like that or like yeah. something like that but it's like okay well a pellet gun next to someone's head will hurt them a lot and then but a bunch of pellet guns next to someone's head will probably kill them
1: like the other idea is that he has there's like another gun that he just doesn't he doesn't use for the frame he has next to him it's like yeah don't worry i took out all the bullets i put them in this gun so i wouldn't lose them and then somehow that gun goes off and kills the person that's fine okay yeah yeah so
0: um It's like like, a Simpsons joke, but yeah. It is, yeah.
1: (laughs) I put all the bullets into this other gun so I wouldn't lose them.
0: Yeah, that's good. Or maybe, like, the bullets fall into a fire and then, like, go off or something. Like, maybe there's, like, a fire, like, and they go off and one of them just, like, goes into one of the the person's head or something.
1: I mean, the other option is it's knives instead of guns inside the frame and they trip and fall. And then just... That would probably make more logical sense than the weird, like, fucking... goof bit of somebody hold the guns whatever but
0: oh no okay I have a dumb a more dumb idea okay. okay it's knives for sure um and uh they're real knives but it's like safe because like the person can like get in it out of the harness or whatever it is mm-hmm. easily but a uh a bee comes into the frame mm-hmm. and then like uh lands on the person's nose and they're like allergic to bees or something so they're like oh no get away get away and then they start like rivaling like just like oh my gosh or whatever mm-hmm. or Maybe a bunch of bees come in or something. They accidentally knock down a beehive and they go into the person. So, like, as they're, like, trying to, like, wave the bees away, they're getting cut by the knives that are surrounding them.
1: Um, I think that that's funny. Let's maybe, for this one, do that they trip. I love the idea of, like, for the rule of three, the third one is legitimately they get stung by a bee and they're allergic to bees. Okay. And it's not actually his fault, but by this point he's just convinced that he somehow did it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just using the bees as a way for them to go crazy in the knife. Oh, like, no, no, I, I get you. Yeah.
1: I, I think that's kind of funnier if we hold that. And the third one, he didn't actually kill them. They got stung by a bee and they're yeah. allergic to okay. bees. But he's freaking out. Cause he's like, what? Like, how? Yeah. This one was pillows. Yeah. Okay. That's good. So...
0: So the third one is that they are stung by a bee. But what's that third art piece?
1: I think this one is he's like, like here's a safety helmet. And here's like, whatever, safety gloves. And I'm not going to there's like, we're going to do pillows. We're not going to use anything dangerous. No one's going to die on this one.
0: Well, and what if it's like he's in full mode of trying to pin it on NY-152, whoever yeah. that guy is. So mm-hmm. um, it involves like a computer and... Um, like
1: the person's got like a, I know, This is dumb but like, they have a wall You know how, like walls used to have those like long process, Like the little billfold thing of pictures mm-hmm. That would like just like fall down out It's like that but it's just like the AOL Cards you used to get in the mail for like Three tw- tw- sure. hours of AOL Or whatever
0: yeah that's good And yeah so And there's like pi- there are pillows everywhere so this person Does not die right <laughs> you know like And everything mm-hmm. but then a bee comes in and just stings Them I think they fall over, and then they their head lands on the one place that it, there isn't pillows, and that, that cracks their head as well. It's just like God yeah. damn it! So yeah, so they follow that, and so I think at this point, um, she follows like all she goes to all these different like crime scenes and everything. Like she breaks in and mm-hmm. like finds these like these little calling cards or like these little clues that it is NY 152. I don't know. What, what does Steve Zahn do after this last one? Does he just give up?
1: Yeah, I think he gives up art. I think we need a way where like, cause I feel like she has to catch him in the act. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what, like maybe we, let's maybe jump over to Parker Posey and we may find a way that she like ends up forcing him to do one more mm-hmm. art piece or something. Yeah. Um,
0: I think um... maybe
1: after Tom Hanks dumps her, she's like, I need, re- I want revenge on him. This is maybe after Tom Hanks Dumpsters, where every, all three of their stories come together, where she's like, yes, I want revenge. I'll help you frame him. I was like, I don't, I'm not the only person who lives in that apartment. Uh, he does too. Oh my God, is he the, whatever, let's definitely, he's not the Rooftop Killer, but let's frame him. Like, they're going to try to frame Joe Fox as the Rooftop Killer. At that point, specifically the man Joe Fox, not mm-hmm. NY-152 or whatever. Like, they are now out to frame Joe Fox as the Rooftop Killer. Yeah, and at that point in the movie, Steve Zahn is working at the bookstore, that Fox Books, because Tom Hanks says that he's working there when he brings her the flowers. Oh when, yeah, I, I forgot sick. about
0: that. I don't, I didn't catch that actually. So that's that's good, which makes sense. So he's kind of continuing his investigation after after the movie or whatever, or continuing it. Maybe like I was thinking of like you know like that part in the elevator where she says like you're ruthless you're like i I forget the actual thing that she said Mm -hmm. like but like it's like you're ruthless and you're egotistical or whatever Mm -hmm. i like the idea that like that earlier christina confronts her and finds out that like she lives there or whatever and she says those things to her or something like she's like you know you're i'm I'm gonna leave because i'm really scared of you but you know what you're you're ruthless you're you're egotistical and you're just horrible and then like that makes her think like inwardly i just like yeah, am good. i am i those things so when she says those things to like joe in the elevator she's like testing it out with the person she's closest with it's just like that's you good. know what i'm all these things right like and he was waiting for her to say no but she he doesn't uh,
1: that's really good i like that a lot yeah uh, so she her investigation she cracks the idea that it's an apartment number much sooner and what leads her specifically to the to Tom Hanks's building? Is she maybe visiting Meg Ryan because Meg Ryan lives like in the next building over? I think like canonically she lives like very close to Tom Hanks. Yeah,
0: because they're always in the same neighborhood or whatever.
1: So like maybe she's visiting there and she's like, oh, maybe I'll go check out one fifty two or whatever. And mm-hmm. then she sees that it's Joe Fox's or whatever. She sees Parker Posey, kind of knows that so she's like that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe um, she finds something like. Maybe she finds, like, Joe's address somewhere or something. Like, did he leave a card ever or something like that?
1: Okay, so what, let's do this then. Uh, she's looking into all this. Like, she's going basically to every apartment building she can think of, looking for 152, whatever, not really getting any leads. Uh, the bookstore closes down. She and Steve's on both get jobs at... Okay. Fox's books. And in the system, while they're doing some work or whatever, they notice his address. Mm-hmm. Or Parker Posey comes in and buys a book. It's like just have it shipped to my address and names it and it's like, that's actually very close to where Kathleen lives. Oh my god, apartment one fifty two, of course. Yeah. Whatever. Like so they think it's Parker Posey. Yeah. And that's how they get that clue. So steve's on at this point is just keeping his mouth shut, like about all of the <laughs> like, yes, it's definitely her. She's yes. the one who did it, not me.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, I think like at that point he hasn't done any art or anything in a long time or since like, or since that. And so like when the trail goes cold or whatever, and then he sees the opportunity to like, oh, I could pin all this thing on, on this NY 152 guy. And then that is it. And he feels okay about it. Somewhat because he thinks Joe Fox is actually an asshole, right? You know, like as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like the the romantic partner of the fucking asshole who ran our the cool our cool store out of business. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that makes it makes sense that she would kill people on roofs or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that, that's fine. She's not a good person anyway. Yeah. Um, and so they start taking out her apartment. What's the point? We can use Brinkley here, maybe, as how she finds out that they think this. What's maybe then like his part in this? Because we were going to maybe use him a little bit.
0: Well, Brinkley is used as sort of like a thing towards at the beginning and end of the movie, right? Because um, mm-hmm. one of the first things he mentions is that he has a dog named Brinkley. And then because he, Brinkley is in the park at the end, that's how we know that they, that that's how her clue to him that it is the same person. Do you remember that? Yeah. No, yeah, I, I recall. Okay.
1: I'm just also thinking about. Yeah. Because we haven't really done anything with Parker Posey either. Yeah. I mean, we've used her for plot hooks and whatnot, but we haven't really. Sure given her something to do
0: yeah so maybe they see joe maybe joe brings his dog in or something for like bring your dog Mm -hmm. to work day or for some like at the bookstore yeah or some sort of uh tie into like a dog book like like Mm -hmm. children's novel or something like you get to pet you get to pet a dog and also like buy this it's like a cross promotion thing it's like oh yeah here's the dog you can pet and also here's this new children's book about a dog that looks exactly like brinkley right (laughs) and then that's how steve zahn and uh christina put it together Mm -hmm. right like of just like oh joe fox or or joe fox uh is 152 or whatever like that maybe that's it
1: so then um But here, yeah that's fine they think that And I think that um
0: or maybe they Just follow that dog and they eventually see Parker Posey with it because we that's what trying- I'm
1: Thinking more yeah. of just because like I don't think That they know that Joe Fox is Involved really like I think they know it's her but They're like of course like she's yeah It's like she's hunting down Kathleen Kelly they were and like he's she's giving Him all this trouble she's of course gonna try to kill Or whatever mm-hmm. like so they're following Brinkley around
0: so maybe mm-hmm joe asks um parker posey's character to bring brinkley to the store so that's how mm-hmm. that's how it gets tied back to her so
1: okay so let's do this then brinkley we'll do a bit of his story we'll give him his own bit of story to do the new york flavor he gets out at night while they're mm-hmm. sleeping and we meet some cool bodega characters we meet whatever musicians street musicians whatever we meet some cool cats sure while brinkley's but brinkley always ends up photographed at the scenes of the yes. crime, like on the street outside the crime, absolutely, yeah, that's what I was thinking.
0: I was thinking, like, what if, like, inadvertently, like, he causes some of the crimes or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I'm fine like, with that.
1: Brinkley is the rooftop killer.
0: Brinkley is the rooftop killer. The dog. The dog. Did Hashtag. It. He was the one the dog like just ran by really quick when Steve Zahn uh-huh. wasn't looking and like knocked the guillotine thing like off off like balance and so that's when the thing fell
1: yeah or like whatever Brinkley's adventure is causes something to like like uh, Brinkley's barking at somebody like a, a mugger mm-hmm. like he saves a lady from getting mugged by just being like a dog barking at the mugger and scaring but the bark startles some like Steve and so that's where or the person who trips and falls on the knives it startles them and that's how they trip and fall on the knives yeah uh, the first time uh, the Steve has like left all some of the materials on like the sidewalk and he's carrying them up the stairs to the roof and Brinkley comes by and like chews on one of the ropes or something for some reason like we sure. can establish some reason or like Brinkley takes the rope to go save somebody and leaves like a lesser quality rope in its place mm-hmm. yeah like stuff like that like Brinkley inadvertently is the reason all of these art pieces are going to have. that's
0: really good and I think she is always looking for him or like she's on the lookout for him and like she always yeah. like re re finds him after he leaves the scene of the crime or something like that.
1: Or yeah, I think he just comes back, but like Christina now like it's like this dog is at every like scene of the crime. Like look at the photos here, like well street like so whatever, like uh traffic cam shows the dog. She, she finds the dog later and it's with Parker Posey's character.
0: I think also to get it, she sees like blonde hair at the scene or something and like like um black hair. Parker was, Posey has black hair. I was thinking the dog the golden oh, like sure. retriever right or like whatever i thought it was more brown but okay. still sure. i take your meaning sure sure yeah he, he finds brown hair at the scene of the crime mm-hmm. and she's like okay like and that's kind of the clue that like is like the missing piece it's like well parker posey has like black hair that i keep finding this like brown hair at the scene right like what mm-hmm. where's this brown hair coming from and then that's how it it kind of like they make the connection once. Uh.
1: Oh, I mean, I, my thought was there's like, like it's like traffic cam, this traffic camera mounted on the red light across the street, step this picture about the, like just after the time of death or whatever. And there's this dog, but that dog also shows up in this picture, taken at the other crime scene just moments later, whatever. Yeah. Like she's looking for this specific dog. And when she eventually finds it, it's with Parker Posey. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Either or it's fine. Yeah. She, f- she finds out that it's Parker Posey. Then how do we think that whole thing resolves?
1: Like, so Tom Hanks breaks up with her. Yeah. And she's maybe like... You can split time with the dog. The idea that I have is they have already... Before they break up, they see her with the dog. So they, they're like, it's her. It's definitely her. They start following her. And she goes up to like a roof. Maybe if we want to go dark, like she's going to jump. But they think mm-hmm. she's going to kill again. So they oh, follow yeah. her up to the roof. Like, whatever, don't do it. Like, we caught you. Whatever. It's like, no, you didn't. And then that's where they all like talk about... They're chasing down the rooftop killer... Blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I don't think Steve Zahn comes clean. No way. She's like, she's like, well, it's also his time. I'm like, wait, is Joe Fox the rooftop killer? Parker Posey, knowing he's not, it's like, oh, my God, you're right. It all makes sense now. Mm-hmm. We should, like, we got to get him. We got to get him. And so the idea is do they, like, set up a fake rooftop killer thing to, like, and then to plant just a, so much evidence against him or what's <laughs> –
0: do we think they actually do that? That's like the actual ending of the movie uh, is them planting the evidence or something? Like like that happens after the... after. So Zone. the
1: actual end of the movie is Tom Hanks is going to be arrested for being the rooftop killer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's actually really funny to me that the movie ends, the original movie ends on them kissing outside the apartment building as it kind of zooms out. Mm-hmm. I love the idea that as it zooms out you just see, you see police cars yeah. converging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good i like that yeah okay, so they wow they frame joe fox as the rooftop killer yeah
0: that's the whole subplot you never got to see in the efron cut
1: of of you got mail i mean did we do it we or did is it there more yeah we did I don't it
0: know. i think so like we we did our first requel our first i think recoil. this is
1: very much not a well we come back to frequently but no <laughs> it's now an option i guess yeah yeah uh, but
0: which, which one of our universes does this one re- live in?
1: No idea. <laughs> it can exist in the ECU. I it, mean. It, it could. <laughs> um, um, the only question, then, if we did it, are we calling it the Snyder Cut or are we calling it the Ephraim Cut? Arguably, since, what people saw was the Ephraim Cut. Yeah. The original film is the Ephraim
0: Cut. So we would have to be building some sort of like backstory that Nora Ephraim came in to... like we okay. just call it the Snyder Cut because it's fun. Okay. I mean, it doesn't really make sense, but we can call it the Snyder Cut if we want.
1: We called it Space Jam 2, The Order of the Phoenix. Because Harry Potter was in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Had nothing to do with the book, The Order of the Phoenix. I mean, technically the
0: entire order was in the movie. I mean, not all yeah, of
1: it. Yeah, fucking. But, all right. Give me um, a minute. I'll go through our back catalog and I'll find another Okay, example.
0: let's not do this. We have, uh, we're, we're doing back-to-back records today. <laughs> Snyder Cut, fine.
1: I understand. I think the joke is funnier if we call it the okay. Snyder Cut. That's fine. That's fine with me. All right. Well, there it is. You've got mail. The Snyder Cut. <laughs> if we did it, that's credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Madison and Jones, tell the people where they can find
0: us. People can find us on Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere else podcasts are found by searching The Equalizers, including in that old email folder that you have. Um, you know how you have... 2,958 unread emails in your gmail account that you just never decided to look at um it's in one of those all of them are our episodes all of them are our episodes yeah so get looking do that go to that search bar search for
1: us you can also get in contact with us on facebook and twitter at the equalizers we have a gmail it is equalizers at gmail.com and our instagram is the underscore equalizers and as always we spell that e-q-u-e-l-i-z-e-r-s like in SQL. I can sequel. Special thanks on our theme song Two Step Strut and go to the Banana Boys. You can find their debut. I, I keep trying to do this from memory and I keep fucking it up. Special right. thanks to the Banana Boys for our theme song Two Step Strutten off their debut album, Technicolor Girl from Outer Space. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram by searching Banana Boys. And as always, they spell that B-O-Y-E-S like an OS. The full album is available on all streaming services now. Madison Jones. I'm keeping up this energy for next time.
0: Let's do it.
1: Next time, Madison Jones and I get into the Black Beauty as we bring you Green Hornet 2. Oh boy.
0: Yeah, I've I've already watched it. hmm I, yeah. We'll talk
1: about it next time. We will talk about it
0: next time. We will talk about it next time.
1: For us, it will be but scant moments. But for you, eager listener, we'll see you next week for Green Hornet 2. So, for the Equalizers. I'm the Green Bee. I'm the Blue Bee. My gun has two barrels. That's not boring. And it was very difficult to make. To be continued. First take your favorite leg, and then you kick it up to your chest. And then you pump your open palms, and then you really start breaking a sweat. That's all there is, that's really it, you barely even gotta move your butt. Come on man, now follow my lead, and we'll do that two steps. Sure, come on, hands with me. <laughs>